If you got sick and couldn't work, could you afford to maintain yours or your family's current lifestyle and cover all of your existing bills? If the answer to that question is no, then today's episode is for you because we are talking about income protection insurance. This is an underrated part of having a solid financial plan. I don't insure anything that I can afford to replace. So I don't insure my phone, I don't insure my bikes, I don't even insure my beloved surfboards, but I do insure mine and my family's financial future. Like me, you've worked incredibly hard to become a doctor, and that is an incredibly valuable asset that you need to protect. In this episode, we hear from Paul Gilman, who's a specialist medical financial advisor who is also independent, and we talk about why getting advice from an independent advisor is absolutely essential. We also talk about how to get the right policy for the right price and talk about how any policy should tie in or dovetail with your current NHS sick pay entitlements, and we go through what they are. And we also talk about whether or not doctors can still get income protection insurance in the midst of a COVID pandemic, because that's something that we've been hearing a lot about recently. It's a great episode which covers all the basics and is a really accessible way for those of you who are thinking about this to get into it. And We've also got tons of resources on our website, so I'll drop the links to those in the show notes. So let's get into today's episode. Thanks for listening, guys. Welcome to the Medics Money Podcast. My name is Dr. Tommy Perkins and I'm a GP. And my name is Dr. Ed Cantelo, a GP, but also a chartered accountant and a chartered tax advisor. And yes, you did hear that right. Not only is Ed a doctor, he's also a chartered accountant and a tax advisor. Medics Money empowers doctors and other professionals like you to make better financial decisions. So on today's podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by Paul Gilman, who is one of the specialist independent uh, medical financial advisors on the Medics Money Network. Morning, Paul. Morning, Tommy. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Good. Where are you coming and speaking to us from today? Uh, from uh, sunny Birmingham. Birmingham. Ah, I trained in Birmingham, so I can. Okay. Uh, I know that the sun is probably sarcastic, because in my experience, quite often <laughs> overcast there. But if it is yeah, sunny, fair enough. Um, there was a slight and, amount of sarcasm, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, had a lot of fun in Birmingham. So uh, yeah. Um, okay, and um, I've given you a little intro there, but do you want to tell the Medics Money uh, listeners a bit about yourself, and um, and then we'll get into it. Yeah. Sure. No. Absolutely. And. Uh, Thanks for having me on this morning. It's great, great to be here. So, um, yes, yeah, so I'm an independent financial advisor with Needle and Medical Investments. Um, and this means essentially, Tommy, that when we provide financial advice to our clients, we do so completely free of any restriction or bias. You know, we're, we're not linked to or tied to any one particular company. And so when we're looking for solutions, we, we look across the whole market to find the best option for that individual's specific need. So, so you guys get completely independent and transparent financial advice from us. Um, we're, we're also obviously uh, specialist financial advisors to medics, and I've been a specialist financial advisor for medics for probably more years than I'd care to admit to now. Um, so... You know, I, I understand the issues that are relevant to you and your profession, which is really important in making sure that you guys get the best quality financial advice. Um, I guess the obvious example here is is the knowledge we have around uh, our old friend, the NHS pension, and how this can you know impact on pretty much all areas of a, of a medic's financial planning. 
And, um, and I'm also, Tommy, I'm also a chartered financial planner, which basically means I've done loads of exams. Um, but, you know, it's also, I guess, a, you know, it's an endorsement of my knowledge and my professionalism and the words of, uh, of the CII, which is our professional body. It's the, the gold standard for, for anyone giving advice about money. Awesome. So uh, we're speaking with the experts today, and I'm glad that you stressed uh, the importance of independent advice, because that's something that we bang on about Medics Money all the time. All of the advisors on Medics Money are independent. We only use independent for the reasons that um, Paul just mentioned. And I was hoping to go one podcast episode without mentioning the pension, but uh, we've already (laughs) done that. It's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, as you say, that's uh, an area where specialist advice is totally mandatory. Um, but sure. we are not going to talk about the pension today. We're going to talk to you a bit about income protection because this is very topical at the moment with the pandemic just starting, second lockdown starting tomorrow, uh, recording this in uh, yeah. November. Um, can you tell us a bit more about what income protection is? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So it's um, it, it's probably the, the least exhilarating, but far and away the most important area of your finances. And if you're thinking about it, Tommy, it really does demonstrate that you're taking your own financial well-being seriously and, and that of your family. So you know, essentially an income protection plan protects you financially from, from breaking down. Um, it will pay you a, a regular replacement income if due to accidents or illness you can't go to work and, um, and do your current job, basically. Okay, cool. Um, so why would I think about getting some income protection insurance? Uh, well, again, quite simply, you, you are your biggest asset. You know, you've worked super hard to qualify as a doctor and are likely to spend many decades working super hard as one. Um, but on the plus side, you know, it does mean that you are likely to, to earn a significant income for a significant amount of time and you will you know, consciously or, or unconsciously tailor your lifestyle accordingly. So I don't know the, the house you live in, the mortgage you have, the, the school your kids go to, the holidays you go on, the amount you give to charity or the amount you, you save for your future self, whatever it might be. And the only risk or threat to your financial well-being is, is, is actually your own ill health. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I guess... You know, most of us will, will insure our car or our possessions or, or take out travel insurance without thinking twice. But um, sometimes we're not, we're not quite so keen to, to insure ourselves. But by having a good quality income protection plan in place, you know, tailored to your own situation, it means that your goals can still be achieved should you not be able to continue practicing medicine. So, um, yeah, ultimately it gives you a a really solid foundation on which to build a really robust financial plan going forward. Yeah, I like what you said there, that you're basically insuring your your assets, you know, because your future income as a doctor yeah. is a massive asset uh, that you need it to is. protect. And um, given that doctors uh, spend all our days uh, dealing with uh, sick people, I'm always surprised by the number of my colleagues that don't have any sick pay, uh, any income yeah. protection insurance, because maybe they think, well, I've got sick pay. Is that enough? You know, what sick pay, isn't that enough to just cover me and get me by? Yeah, well, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a great help in the short term. And uh, the sick pay entitlement as an NHS employee is, is actually very generous. I mean, it, it clearly depends on your specific role, but as an employee, 
of the NHS after five years service, you will be entitled to, to maximum sick pay benefits, which are six months full pay, followed by six months half pay. Um, and before that, you're, you're building up to that maximum level on, on, a, on a bit of a tiered basis. Um, <clears throat> so, your, so your income protection plan really needs to dovetail around this. And if needed, we'll continue paying out until you, until you reach retirement age. And we usually set that um, in line with the normal retirement age, here we go again, of your, of your NHS pension, which will range from between age 60 and age 68 at the moment, depending on which section of, of the scheme that you're in. So your income protection is very much a long-term plan and something that you should be able to carry with you um, and build on throughout your career. Uh, it, it probably goes with that same really, but you know your cover should be should be reviewed regularly to make sure that it reflects your needs, and these will clearly change as you know life and career progresses. Um, but it, it's very much not like car insurance or home insurance when you would need to renew the plan each year and shop around for the best deal. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, that sounds good. So six months full pay, six months and part pay, uh, and then and then that's it from the NHS six. So uh, that's yeah. after five years, and as you say, it tears up um, during those five years. So, what exactly would income protection cover me for? Okay. Yeah. So that's a really good question. I mean, provided you you have um, uh, what we call an own occupation contract. Um, you'll be covered in relation to anything that prevents you carrying out the main duties of your occupation. Um, so you could be claiming on the plan because of a very serious life-changing accident or illness, or it could be something that's not so obviously life-changing but still prevents you from working in the, the same capacity as you as you are now. And I guess, you know, with, with your medical knowledge, you'll, you'll probably understand the range of conditions and illnesses that, that, that certainly could be, could be relevant there. Um, <clears throat> but by far and away, uh, the top two reasons for income protection claims are around uh, mental health. So, you know, anxiety, depression and stress-related conditions and also musculoskeletal, so, you know, back, neck, spine conditions. Um, and just to throw some facts at you, Tommy, um, last year, uh, the top three reasons or conditions for income protection claims from one insurer out there in the markets were, were at number one, mental health, which accounted for 29% of claims. Number two, uh, musculoskeletal, which accounted for 25% of claims. And then thirdly was, was cancer. Which, uh, which accounted for 15% of claims. Um, so as you can see, you know, those three conditions alone account for nearly 70% of that particular insurer's claims last year, and they paid out um, just over £14 million in, in income protection benefits just last year, and that's just, just one insurer. Um, so yeah, so that's a little bit grim, isn't it? But, uh, but the point is that I guess that you know, your, your income protection plan will pay out whenever you need it to, however many times you need it to, and providing it's being set up correctly, um, there won't be any change in the cost to you, the underlying cost to you, regardless of how many times you, you may need to claim on it. Um, and I guess the other thing to maybe throw in there, for, for most plans, they, they do also have a, a feature called rehabilitation benefit or something similar to that, 
which means that if you can return to work on on a reduced hours basis, so say you go back and do two days a week as opposed to five days, then um, then the policy will will top up your income to to what it was pre capacity levels. Cool. Okay. Um, there's two things that you said there. I just want to pick up on which because I think they seem quite yeah. important. You mentioned um, own okay. occupation. Um, yeah. You, now that's really relevant for doctors um, because you know if you're a surgeon and you damage your finger and you can't operate, you know, do you want to tell us a bit more about own occupation cover specifically and why that might be really relevant for doctors? Yeah, absolutely. So you guys do quite a specific job, and um, you use the examples of surgeons there, which um, which yeah hands and eyes and everything working absolutely perfectly otherwise they, they can't do do that job so so the own occupation definition means that um, it will cover you for your inability to not do the, the essential duties of your your own occupation as opposed to being able to work and do do any other job that, that might be out there yeah okay so that's really important for for doctors specifically because you know you might you might lose an arm yeah. and uh someone might consider you could still be uh you know work in healthcare like that but you can't do the job that you're uh, you're trained to be which is a surgeon uh okay and Absolutely. then the other thing that i just wanted to pick up on is that you said that you would um dovetail the income protection policy to take account of the nhs sick pay um can you yeah. just tell me a bit more so so you would just kind of get a policy that links together with the nhs sick pay or how does that work yeah, so well, there's there's two ways you can do that. So some of the providers in the market they they have a uh, what they call an NHS sick pay guarantee, which means that particularly perhaps most relevant when you're in those early years of your career and building up to to that full sick pay entitlement. And basically, what they'll do is pay half of the benefit on the uh, when you drop down to half pay, and then they'll pay the full amount of the benefit when your when your sick pay when your sick pay finishes. Um, and they'll use what we call a deferred period set at 12 months, which is less expensive than, um, than a, an earlier deferred period. Um, so, yeah, it's really important to make sure that it fits around your sick pay, any of this type of thing that you have, um, just to make sure that, you know, you're, you're actually not over-covering yourself because there's certain what we call maximum benefit rules that we have to consider uh, yeah, when so we're that's setting like the amount of cover that you guys can have. Yeah, yeah. So maybe someone who doesn't specialise in doctors might not appreciate that. And by using that longer deferred period to link in with the NHS sick pay, you can effectively make the policy slightly cheaper than if you had a earlier deferred period. So that's a really good point there. Absolutely um, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so uh, I'm interested. How much can I insure myself for? Um, yeah, so great question, and you do need to be careful, as we just alluded to there, that you um, that you don't overinsure yourself um, and end up paying for for something that you you can't fully benefit from in the event of a claim. Um, <clears throat> so essentially, uh, you know, you can't be better off by by not working than working. So so each insurer applies what we call these maximum benefit rules to to limit the level of benefit that that you can have. Which is based on your on your earnings and also your you know your as we say your sick pay entitlement. Um, so some insurers' maximum benefit rules are more generous than others, but as a broad rule of thumb, you know you won't be able to insure yourself for more than what your net um, after tax income is 
and uh, and also remember that there's there's no tax to pay on any income protection benefits that that you might might receive. Um, you, you can of course you know choose to insure yourself for, for less than the the maximum, but we'd really suggest this as you know a sensible approach. And if if you do choose to do that, then you, I guess you just need to be really clear on the shortfalls that may still exist in you being able to meet your your monthly expenditure and, and regular commitments. And I guess the, the main point there, Tommy, really is that uh, the understanding of exactly what would happen if ever you need to make a claim is, is super important. Um, you know, so you understand how much benefit you will receive, when you will receive it, and when the policy will or, or perhaps won't pay out. Um, you know, because if you find yourself in a position where you're you're needing to make a claim on an income protection policy, it's it's likely to be a fairly stressful situation for you and your family, um, and you wouldn't want any additional you know, unwelcome surprises, certain from a from a finance point of view at, at that particular time. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it kind of makes sense, really, that you can just, you know, you can't be better off uh, by not working. That makes a lot of sense. And I think something you said there yeah. re- really important is, you know, as doctors progress from, you know, F1, F2 to consultancy, our pay does mm-hmm. increase quite rapidly. And uh, I'm sure yeah. you see a lot of the time people that took out protection when they were in F1 with no kids and hardly any expenses. And then they're a consultant and they're still on the same That's policy. Right. So definitely get yeah. it viewed as your situation evolves. Um, um, okay, so um, that all sounds really good, but uh, I sense there's always a but. So, how much does <laughs> it cost? Yeah, good question, Tommy. And the, the slightly woolly but uh, truthful answer is that it it very much depends on 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 you. Um, <clears throat> so, in in basic terms, the I guess the cost of your cover will be higher. Um, the earlier you, you need the cover to start paying out, so we, as we alluded to, we call that the deferred period, which ideally will dovetail you know, around your, your sick pay with some special NHS sick pay guarantee features in there. Um, if you have no sick pay, so maybe if you're locuming, uh, for example, then uh, you'll need your cover perhaps to start earlier than you might do if you were uh, on full sick pay benefits, so your, your, the cost of your cover is going to be more expensive. Um, <clears throat> it will be more expensive the the more benefit you need. So again, fairly obvious, I guess. But the the greater your income, the more cover you'll need. So the more it's the more it's going to cost you. Um, it'll be more expensive the the longer you need the the, the policy to run for. So if you are a member of the 2015 section of the NHS, your uh, normal retirement age will be, will be 68 um, at the moment. It's linked to state retirement age, which is probably just going to increase. Uh, but therefore, your, your, your plan will be more expensive than perhaps someone who's a member of the 1995 section and might only need their, their cover to run to age 60. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and uh, the uh, it also gets more expensive the older you get, Tommy, as well. So, um, <laughs> so fill your boots with it while you're young, fit, and healthy. I mean, yeah, I was going to come on to mention that because I often, I mean, is it a myth that like once you hit forty, you're significantly <laughs> significantly more expensive? And maybe I'm a bit sensitive about this because uh, that, <laughs> that birthday's coming up for me, and Ed actually just had that big birthday. Oh, um, congratulations, that, Ed! <laughs> Embrace yeah. it. Just embrace it. <laughs> but is there any kind of specific age cut off, or is it just a gradual thing? But like, obviously, the older you get, the more risky yeah, of you getting ill, right? That's right. Yeah, no, absolutely right. So yeah, unfortunately, as the, as the years tick by, things from a health perspective maybe don't work quite how they used to. Um, so yeah, so it will always get more expensive. There's um, there's no cut off age. I don't think that I've ever come across. Um, uh, but but yeah, it is something you need to be mindful of. If if you're coming towards the end of the, your career and you, you find that you haven't got any or, or, or you need some, then it is going to be significantly more expensive than it would be when you're uh, when you're starting out when you when you're much younger. Um, and I guess the other thing to say as well, you know, it does depend on your job. Um, so we said earlier, didn't we? You know, a surgeon will be more expensive to to insure than than a GP because of the nature of the, the things that they do in their, in their normal duties. Um, <clears throat> and there's, there's a couple of other things that influence the cost as well that might be worth mentioning. Um, so the, the first of those, I guess, is around a guaranteed versus a reviewable premium, So uh, which is a choice that you have when you're setting up your policy. So a plan with a guaranteed premium rate is perhaps likely to be marginally more expensive initially. Uh, but what it will do is give you the certainty that the underlying cost of the cover will never change throughout the term. And so obviously, generally, we'd always recommend a guaranteed premium rate because, you know, as we mentioned, these are long-term plans, benefits and, and commitments. Um, so it just helps set the cost for you so you know what it's going to be. And um, the other thing that might be relevant there is, is around what we call age-banded contracts. So uh, as we said, um, this sort of thing get, gets more expensive the older you get and some contracts will increase in costs as you get older and click through those age plans, um, perhaps through the, the magical 40. Uh, they, they will start off quite a lot less expensive than uh, the younger you are, but will become uh, increasingly more expensive as time goes by. Um, and generally, we probably wouldn't recommend these types of plans to avoid the cost of your cover becoming perhaps prohibitively expensive in the later years of the plan. So instead, we'd look to use a, a provider who or, or a policy that will spread the cost of your cover equally over the term to, again, you know, give you certainty of knowing what the cost will be over the lifetime of the plan. Yeah, and because you're an independent uh, financial advisor, you can shop from the whole market. So you've just got, instead of a restricted range of policies, you can get the best policy for that doctor, e even near tricky circumstances like you just described, if they get it later in life. Is that right? Absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so if someone's listening to this and uh, they're maybe approaching the big 4-0, uh, like I am, uh, and they're in a bit of a panic, uh, how, you know, what's the best way to go about setting up a plan and making sure that they get the right policy for them and the best deal? Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, we, 
So whilst, you know, you guys are all medics and you, you have many similarities as, as individuals, you're, you're obviously, you're obviously very different. Um, you know, you all have different personal circumstances, objectives, uh, you know, needs and requirements. So it's really important that we tailor your cover and any other aspect of financial planning for that matter, you know, to your, to your specific needs. So how do we do that as well? Uh, well? We'll take a bit of time to understand more about you, uh, your situation and what you're, what you're trying to achieve. And then we'll go away and research and analyse solutions available in the market to identify the most suitable options for you and your situation. Uh, once we've done that, we'll talk you through our recommendations and agree on the most sensible way forward from there. If we make an application, uh, for cover, the, the insurance company we recommend will will need to ask you some, some very detailed questions about your current health, uh, medical history uh, and, your, and your lifestyle. Um, and as, as part of that underwriting process, as we call it, they, they may also ask to see your, your GP records um, or they might ask you to, to undergo fairly short medical examination when generally they'll do things like height, weight, lens, coating, that sort of thing. Um, so it is a very thorough process um, and, it, and it can take some time, but uh, that's to be expected because, you know, it's a, it's a long-term contract and commitment from, from both parties. Yeah, okay. So it sounds like a bit of work um, from, you know, to get it set up. Um, do, how yeah. do, how do, if a, if a doctor comes to you today, um, how do they, how do you get, how do they pay? You know, I'm not making this question very clear, but, uh, you know, if a doctor <laughs> comes to you, how much do they have to pay you to search through the market and go through all the options? And because it sounds like a highly personalized plan that you're offering. So how much would the doctor need to pay you? Yeah, so again, the, the truthful but woolly answer is it does depend. Uh, generally, the way that, that we would charge for setting up a protection plan uh, is, is through, uh, through a commission payment. So there's no, there's no direct cost to, to the doctor for doing that through us. The, the, it's all built into the cost of the policy. Um, so each provider you know, will, will search and look at you know, the, 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 the monthly premium, the monthly cost of the cover. And uh, once the plan goes on risk, the insurance company that we've, that we've recommended will pay legal and medical a, a commission payment for setting it up only once it's on risk. Uh, but again, it's all very clearly laid out or very transparent. We'll talk you through that and exactly what that, what that figure is before we go ahead and, and make an application. Cool. So the upfront cost to the doctor could actually be nothing because it's all kind of incorporated in the policy cost. Yeah, absolutely. It's all built into the plan. Um, so that there is no, there is no direct, direct cost. There is obviously a cost because there's, there's a lot of work that we do and, and skills that we apply to make sure we're getting the, the best plan. Um, but we actually only get paid once it all goes on risk and it's all set up and in place and everybody's happy. Cool. Okay. And, um, is it guaranteed that I will get coverage? Um, it, it's not absolutely guaranteed, but I probably would say that the you know the majority of, of cases get accepted on what we call uh, ordinary rates or standard terms. Um, <clears throat> however, the, I guess there are four probably potential outcomes that that can crop up dependent on your on your medical history. So the, the insurer could completely decline 
to cover you once they've been through all that underwriting in, in a lot of detail. Uh, they could uh, charge you more, so an increased premium because of an, a pre-existing condition X in your, in your medical history. Um, they, could, they could exclude an existing medical condition from the cover. Um, so this could be perhaps for the, for the life of the plan. Well, some of the insurers now are, are introducing this on, on a time-specific basis. So, for example, if you don't experience any symptoms or time off work for condition X over the next two years, we can review it and remove it. Um, or it could be a combination of, of, of these last two. So, I, I guess, for example, because of X in your medical history, there will be a, a Y percentage increase to the premium and we won't pay a claim if it arises because of pre-existing condition Z, if, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, but yeah. obviously, you know, if, if any of those, those things do happen, Tommy, then we'll, we'll talk you through your options available. And um, if you want them to, and you probably would, um, then the insurer will, will write to you to clearly explain their reasoning um, and <clears throat> most of them are also quite happy to to have you ring up and just just talk through exactly why they've uh, they, they've arrived at that that decision. Okay. Um, so yeah. So once we've done all that, made an application, we'll we'll finally send you what we call um, a suitability report, which is really a record of for you of what we've done, why we've done it, and and all of the costs involved to you. Cool. Okay. And we are in the midst of a pandemic at the moment, recording this in yeah. early November 2020. Uh, yeah. A lot of uh, doctors are asking me, you know, can doctors who are working on the front line exposed to COVID or not, um, can they still get income protection? Yeah, no, it's a super good question. We get that, asked that quite a lot, uh, obviously, lately. Um, so yes, is the, is the, is the short answer. Um, I mean, it's something that we probably will see evolve from an underwriting perspective as as time goes by and we we understand more about the about the pandemic. Um, so at the moment, COVID nineteen isn't uh, doesn't appear as an exclusion on a, on a policy. Um, at the moment, what we understand about it, if if you have it and you recover from it, it's relatively short. There's obviously, you know, the, the, the long COVID situation that we don't quite understand about. So, so it's things like that that we might see appear in the future. At the moment, they don't. So the, the only impact, I guess, at the moment uh, is that, that there are a few more questions that appear on the application form now about COVID, particularly, obviously, because of the, the job that, that you guys do. Um, and just in terms of the impact on how how quickly you might be able to set the cover up so basically to summarize that if you've if you've had any symptoms that the rules do tend to vary a bit from provider to provider but generally speaking if you've had any symptoms within the last month or you've tested positive within the last month for for covid and you make an application then probably your application will be postponed for three months so we'll have to wait three months before we we apply again assuming you've recovered fully and are back at work etc um <clears throat> but once you've been if you have had symptoms and uh, or any time off and you've recovered as long as you've been symptom free and well for for a month since then um then we could make an application 
and uh, there shouldn't be any impact. Okay, cool. I mean, that sounds good news for someone working on the front line uh, like Absolutely. me. Um, okay, yeah. and um, I guess, you know, if one insurer did, you know, not insure people who had been with COVID like doctors, the fact that you're independent means that you can choose another insurer from the whole market. So you're not like a restricted advisor who may be only able to choose from a, a selected panel. Is that a fair, fair uh, summation? Absolutely. Yeah, correct. Absolutely right. Okay, cool. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to um, come and join us on the podcast. And that was really interesting. I mean, um, we've covered an awful lot today. um, And um, I've learned a lot as well. But do you want to just give us the sum sum up of uh, income protection that we've talked about today? Yeah, absolutely. So to to summarise all that, I'd say uh, income protection is your friend. You know, if you you haven't got any, get some in your life. Uh, If you have got some, and haven't reviewed it for a while, make sure you do. You know, you might be, you might have too much, uh, not enough, uh, and you, you might actually be paying too much for, for what you've got. Uh, but most importantly, Tommy, um, in line with your, your mantra is, yeah, just, just get some help from a, a specialist medical independent financial advisor to help you choose the right option for you. And obviously there's, there's loads of us on, on medics money now, so there's, there's plenty to choose from. Yeah, I mean, we do keep banging on about independent uh, versus restricted, but uh, if, if you're ever going to use an independent advisor, it, this is a great scenario to do that because, as you say, you can compare the whole market rather than a restricted advisor that just uses a restricted panel of insurers. So, um, great. Well, Absolutely. thanks so much for your time today, Paul. Um, stay safe in the lockdown, and um, thanks so much for joining us on the Medics Money Podcast. If people want to get in touch with you, um, we'll drop your link in the show notes below. Is that the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, perfect. That would be great. Thank you, Tommy. Okay, great. Thanks so much for your time today. And uh, as I say, stay safe. Thanks, Tommy. Take care.